0: Today I am so honored to be sitting down and talking about Kingdom Grief with Adam Knowles. Adam was my pastor when I first met Jesus in high school. He baptized me. He's someone who I've looked up to for the last 10 years or so now. Adam is a dad of four kiddos. He is a very talented creative. He's a wedding videographer. Also Adam has walked through a bit of grief the last four years. It's heavy and it's tragic loss and he shares that on this episode. He shares a bit of his story and that came from a phone call when I started this podcast where we got on the phone and talked about how important it is for us all to come together as a Christian community and Be real about grief and how hard it is, and what it's like connecting with God in that time and with each other. And I'm so grateful Adam, you know, shared it was on his heart and he was down to open up a bit of what his journey has been like through grief and loss and share that here on this episode. It's an episode that ended up being so close to my heart and so special so many of the questions that I asked I noticed I just like all these questions so ready for Adam and it's because I've heard and asked so many questions around grief this last year in community with so many different friends so many people and it's that just goes to show it's on a lot of our hearts in a very heavy way so again to adam i we are so grateful that you let us in a little bit to your journey and what it's been like and a little bit of your experience so that's what we have here thank you so much for entering into this um, special space and conversation into kingdom grief here we go Adam Knowles!
1: Hey, hey! How you doing?
0: I'm so good. Thank you so much for coming on Kingdom and Cocktails.
1: Yeah, no, you got it. I really appreciate you, you know, reaching out and allowing me to, to be a part of it. Because it's like for me, you know, I've, I've known you for how long now?
0: How long is it? I, I met mean, you, you my sophomore, school, year, right? sophomore year of high school. Yeah. So, I mean, 10 years.
1: 10 years or so. Yeah. And so I think was your youth pastor, then you served with me, and then went off to college, and just kicking butt, and doing all that kind of stuff, and so I'm super proud of you, and so being able to be here, it kind of feels like a little full circle, because now I I get to be a guest with you.
0: Yes, and thank you. It means so much that you're on, like, yes, everything you said. Also, you baptized me when I
1: gave my
0: life to Jesus, Yeah. and I have so many memories of when I was just first discovering, like, who God was were sermons that you did in Mm -hmm. youth group or in, like, leader meetings before junior, like, junior high stuff, so.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, it's cool, and I think, too, you know, even with, like, the topic that, like, we're going to talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. because I I think often when you have people who are, like, leaders in your life, like, when you Mm -hmm. see them, you just assume that, like, everything is always like rainbows and butterflies for them. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you don't always realize that like life is real as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially talking about grief, that the last couple of years, like of my life, have just been a stinking whirlwind of ups and downs, specifically pertaining to like the grieving process. And so I'm kind of like in that mindset where, I don't feel like I have to have it all figured out to like yeah. talk about it, you know, yeah. I'm a mindset of just like, okay, like I'm, I'm just a person pursuing Jesus in my brokenness and in my grief. And, you know, when you asked if I wanted to come on was mm-hmm. like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll share, I'll share what it's like kind of wor- working through the trenches and, you know, the, the stuff that I've done, you know, that have helped me kind of work toward better health
0: yeah you
1: know and how to be able to keep everything kind of focused and in the right direction
0: yes and that is that's who i think of you (laughs) you were a mentor obviously growing up like i remember as our youth leader like us and like a group of us and you went to starbucks with us and just asked us questions no answered questions that we had about the bible that were like so random, like hot topic questions. And you didn't know all the answers. Like you didn't claim to like know all the answers. And it was just such good conversation, that transparency. I think that's what like, that played a huge part in my faith and understanding like what being a Christian was. So I was like excited to ask you to come on, especially for this topic of grief today and like looking at it through a kingdom lens like kingdom grief and loss and I know like that's been such a big part of your life the last few years unfortunately and then I've gone through loss so many people like I've been in so many conversations around loss and it can be hard it's one of the hardest things we go through yeah and looking at it through a kingdom lens and inviting God into that can be so hard
1: Yeah. No, it is. I mean, because that's the thing is that it's inevitable, right? Grief. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like one of those things you you learn about life. You're either coming out of a valley, you're either um, getting ready to head into one, Mm -hmm. or you're literally in the process of on your way down or on your way up. Like there's really no (gasps) kind of in in between. And there are peaks for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, But it's definitely hard when that up and down, just keeps coming. And I think one of the things that <clears throat> is difficult for any person is, is um, when there's a lack of control, the, the f- that's where the fear sets in. And then when the fear sets in, that's where that fight or flight kicks in. And then people fight or flight in so many different ways. You got people who do it anxiously, people who do it by avoiding, you got, mm-hmm. you know, people who get overly attached. And um, there's just literally a lot of, a lot of ways to grieve. Yes. And I think as, as like a mentor of mine told me, there is no uh, right way to grieve, but there are plenty of wrong ways. Ooh. And, and so when you kind of get into the whole God part of it too, um, it's really just making sure that in our low moments and in our hurt, that we are acknowledging what the enemy is trying to do and um, literally be able to like, pray in Jesus name that the enemy doesn't exist in the circumstance Mm -hmm. and that we cling on to God and and allow him to be the one who kind of pulls us out of that that quicksand of grief you know where it just feels like you get so stinking stuck
0: yes and I again so appreciate you chatting in the middle of grief I feel like with anything hard it can be so tempting to like go through it alone and then share at the end yeah and then by then you're like you know like looking doing great and everyone's like okay that's cool but that's not me like i'm in the middle of it so
1: i mean i look yeah i look at like what paul went through in in the bible and a lot of the things that he was you know writing was in the midst of grief and loss and pain and in mm -hmm. prison and i think that those are where god's you know um revelations through his word really allows things Mm. to hit hit different. I mean, anybody who's grown up in the church for a long time is going to know in their mind what the Bible says about things, but then they don't feel it in their heart when they're actually going through it. Yeah. And so there's a guy named um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I know a lot of people know who that is, but he's a big, you know, named theologian. And he said, you know, that there's uh, one of his quotes was um, those who obey, believe, and those who believe, obey and he talks about how like this faith thing is like a two-sided coin where if you're having seasons in life where um, you're having issues with your faith he's saying just obey god and you will see his character and um, integrity do its thing and then that in turn will give you belief right and then it also says that if you say with your mouth that you actually believe that god did x y and z then in theory you're going to obey and so technically your faith is kind of contingent on your obedience, because if you say, I believe this, this and that, but don't actually obey it, then you're kind of just saying, eh, don't, don't really need to. And so in grief, we got to remember that same thing Ooh. where, you know, yeah. we, we have to understand that um, God is at work you know, this is where we really got to take one of those Romans 828 concepts and say, yes, like I do believe that God is working things good for Mm -hmm. those who believe. We got to take that Jeremiah 2911 concept and not just throw it on a mug to have in our cabinet, but realize too that Jeremiah 2910 talks about how they were roaming around for 70 years. And we have a God who has a quicker turnaround time these days than 70 years. (laughs) experience in our life you know yeah we do so we we have to get it and so like for me um you know in the last two and a half years i lost um i had three friends three close friends um die by suicide i had one uh die of an overdose and then um i left my job that i was at for three and a half years putting an an end to a 13-year run in ministry Mm -hmm. Um, and then some really important relationships in my immediate family um, have shifted to the point where my life looks completely different than i thought that it was going to look and so Mm -hmm. 2020 has already been nuts as it is Uh and and for me i've kind of just gotten to the point where um this is one of the sayings that my dad always had When things were going down he would always say when it comes to focusing on what god has next you keep your head down you keep your mouth shut you keep your hands open
0: Mm. and so
1: that's kind of been one of the seasons for me of working through all of those things it's like not being mad at god not um being frustrated to the point where it it draws me away from him but more along the lines of having my hands just open and saying god like like, you do give and take away. Yeah. And and whatever is in my hands is not what is um, making you any more or less God. You are the same as, you know, as you were yesterday, today, and, and in the future. And what I have going on um, does not affect that reality, no matter what.
0: Yeah, that's good. Can you go back? You started to share a bit about these last few years for you. Yeah can you share a bit of your story of like what that you shared a couple of different things like with the loss like this grief that you've gone through the last few years what has that looked like for you
1: I so the 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 first the first friend who who passed was my friend uh since third grade mm-hmm. and he and I were super super close growing up And even to the point where we had the opportunity to work together for about almost a decade, Mm -hmm. and so it was regular life often, and it was um, our families growing up, having kids, you know, at the at the same time, uh, even like sharing some college experiences, and just you know, really honestly, just doing just doing life together, and uh, there about about a year and a half before he passed um, I had made the the decision to head out of uh, the church that I was working at at the time and in hindsight was was um, in a season of my life where I was really really tired and so I, I I did not leave on the best of terms and so when that relationship was restored I um, because it about a year after I had left, the the relationship was restored, and um, not too shortly after that uh, was was when he passed. And so I remember hearing the news, and it was one of those things where um, I felt like I fell to my knees, and I, I just I just cried. I cried for probably forty five minutes straight. Um, like honestly like to the point where like I couldn't keep anything down and it it was just it was just a lot it was really 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 hard and I remember the first week and a half of everything happening um, I just became like a professional hermit crab and I didn't talk to anything to anyone or do anything and um, just had this kind of constant pit in my stomach that I couldn't get rid of And then once everything had happened with like the memorial and everything, I thought that it was going to be, I don't know, like a, like a sense of closure, but in, in reality, it it, it wasn't. And then it wasn't too far long after that, that uh, my friend had passed. He, he overdosed um, on heroin that was laced with fentanyl and so it wasn't
0: a a different friend
1: this was a different friend yeah a little bit after my my first friend who passed my best friend and so went to high school with this guy played baseball with this guy um he had a a a shift in his life where he was looking to get into ministry and so even though we hadn't talked for a while like we got to go talk ministry together and Mm -hmm. um seeing him him go was was really hard and then Uh, Not too shortly after that, another friend that I worked with um, died by suicide. And then um, not even too shortly after that, another friend of mine who was also um, a pastor um, died by suicide as well. And so that was all within, I want to say, 18 months of each other.
0: That's a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a lot it was a lot. And so I think it was one of those things where, because it was happening so often, there was uh, a numbness that, that kind of crept in. And it it was just like, man, how, how strange and how sad is it that I'm being conditioned um, to, to feel non-affected by death and loss, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so once uh, my, once my best friend, past, um, I started going to counseling, and I recommend counseling to everybody. Shout out Yeah, to it's, yeah shout out to counseling, because honestly, it's just you talk, 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 to talk, and then they write things down, and then they tell you, okay, this makes sense. I, I have two that I see, and so mm-hmm. one's like an ethereal, hey, things could be great if we do this, and then the other person is like, you're an idiot, and you <sighs> shouldn't do that, and so... Bad that's
0: cop, good
1: cop yeah exactly, and so you know that was good, that was helpful and um, once I, I say all that because once I started getting that counseling and that help, um, I, it started unlocking just parts of this grieving process that like I did not even realize like was there mm. and once those floodgates opened, so to speak, there was really no other way to go about it than to just let it take me out um go
0: i want to pause there before you got to that part of counseling and like the floodgates of of that pivot what did that time before look like like it was like grief after grief pain after pain. like what did those initial conversations with god look like
1: for you oh i was i was super mad and like Yeah. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I had a lot of words with him, and mm-hmm. then I had a long time where I wasn't really talking to him and outside of my uh, like message preps and stuff like that. Cause I was still working as a pastor at the time mm-hmm. uh, outside of work. I wasn't really doing much. I wasn't very, I don't know. I wasn't very interested in him at the moment because I, I think I was again in that I know that God is good and it, this just didn't feel good. It just didn't feel right. And I think that I was kind of in my grief, blinded at the fact that this is, is the reality of, of sin. And, you know, death is, is the result of it. And that death is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I think that those are the things that, even though I knew that that was the case, it just didn't matter because I was sad. Yeah, You know, and I think that's the thing is just, I was sad. And so that sadness really kind of spiderwebbed out into a whole lot of different things.
0: So how do you feel like you got that nudge to go to counseling? Like, was that your first kind of step of being like, I'm sad. What do I do with this sadness? Like how, what did that look like when a transition
1: yeah, I had done I had mm-hmm. done counseling before. And so mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a foreign concept. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, even side note, any, any male who has ever gone through anything in any way, shape or form should go to counseling, because not a lot of guys do it. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, I had a lot of people around me with better eyeballs than I had at the time. Mm. And they were the ones who kind of encouraged me to get back into it. And so, you know, I got, I got four kids. And so I didn't have a lot of time to myself to do things like counseling. Right. And so I was given permission uh, by my supervisors to go to counseling during work hours, Mm. Um, you know, was fully supported in in doing all of that. And so it it really kind of was one of those things where, like I said, it just started to kind of slowly unlock everything. And you know, when, I was a, when I was a kid, my, my brother and I, we used to like go down to the beach and, you know, we were probably seven, eight, nine years old. And uh, Corona Del Mar is not that big of a beach as far mm-hmm. as waves go, but the, the waves felt really big to us. Right. Yeah. And we would do this thing where we would like run toward the waves and then we would look at each other and just scream like retreat. And then we would run back to the shore. And there was a couple of times where we would run out to the waves, but we would mistime it. Right. And then, so what would happen is you realize that that wave is going to come and break on you. And literally the only thing that we could do in that moment is just kind of grin and bear it and anticipate the fact that we're going to be tossed around Mm -hmm. and we're going to hit the sand and we're going to feel like we aren't, uh, our heads are not going to come above water and literally like, that is the imagery that I had when this floodgate started opening up with grief because I, I would I would stand there and I would sit with the counselors and these topics would come up and I would be able to feel like my my throat getting this like big fat lump in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh dang it, I am, I'm, I'm over crying. Like I, I'm done with crying. Like I don't wanna do this anymore. and And the only thing that I could do is just get ready for that wave to hit. And then I think what I've learned, is that it is less it is less scary now.
0: Mm. And,
1: and you think what do you about, mean by that? I, I think it's like um, grief is like a really big, deep, dark pool. And um, if we slowly creep into it, we're likelier to lose our balance and like fall in and freak out. Mm. Whereas if you just kind of jump into it confidently, knowing that God's going to do his thing through it, then, like I said, what happens is your body starts to find that buoyancy um, just with, with life. And so what happens when you jump in the water? What happens when you get hit by a wave? Yeah, you get tossed around, but eventually your head does come above water. And it's to take a quick breath real fast to either get ready for the next one coming or to realize that you're you know approaching a season of life where your head's going to be above water. And you got clear waters around you. And you look back and you're reminded of all that, you know, beating and battering that just happened because of that wave of grief. But you're sitting there feeling more confident, stronger, and almost like, wow, I can't believe like I did that. You know, I can't believe like I got through that one. Like I'm actually pretty stinking strong. And and I think that, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, I think in the, the beginning stages of it, I was also going about it in a way where I was taking the brunt of the wave myself. Mm. And so the, the grief would come and I would just say, I could do this. And the process between being taken out and coming back up for air took a long time because I kept messing it up along the way.
0: Who do you, as opposed to bringing in who, like who did you end up bringing into it? So yeah. the,
1: the counseling really helped me get a better uh, perspective on what it is like to invite Jesus into the grief with me. Mm. And so, you know, um, my counselors know that I'm a dad, so they love dad analogies. And so, <laughs> you know, they were like, imagine, you know, you're taking your kids out into the water with you and that, that wave comes, one of two things happens, right? You're either gonna toss them over the wave so that they don't get hit by it, or you're gonna grab them, turn your body and allow the wave to hit you on your back taking the brunt force away from your kid Mm -hmm. because that's what you need to allow room for for jesus to do in the midst of your grief you need to invite him into the water with you right Mm -hmm. and he's literally he's literally died so that he can take that brunt for us right so that he can help us in those moments of dealing with sin with grief with yes with all those things that come you know as, as a result of all that and to allow him to be the one who takes the brunt of the wave for us and so that is when my head and my heart started kind of talking to each other better when yes both of them working in a cyclical manner as opposed to an opposing manner it was when my head would get in the way and my heart would say no no no, remember and then vice versa and mm-hmm. and it, you know it would really work out different and better
0: with bringing those two together Versus them being a part, like how we've talked about this a little bit, like how have you thought about balancing those moments of like, this is how I feel, and this is just how I feel, and there's nothing that's gonna change that, and yeah. knowing the truth of God. How do you yeah, I, think,
1: I think that I think that you know at the end of the day, to remind yourself that you can't fix normal, is is something like if you're going to put something on your post-it note on your mirror today like to do that because it's, just, it's normal to be sad right when bad mm-hmm. things happen and when life gets like curveballs thrown at you like it is completely normal to be sad and so in those moments that you are feeling that grief and in those moments that you know life is like is is hitting you reminding yourself that you know you've thought it necessary enough to follow Jesus because, you know, he has the means to, to save you and, you know, keep you out of hell, whatever your reason was, maybe Mm -hmm. you actually had that aha moment. Uh, but then the other side of it is that like reminding yourself that there there's the Lordship of Jesus that comes into play too. So we all love the savior side of him, but when the Lordship part happens, then that's kind of where we get a little bit. I don't know, up in arms and, you know, his sovereignty and how he does things and why he does things. Mm -hmm. Um, We got to remind ourselves that that's, that's, it doesn't matter what our opinion is. And so that balance of that head and the heart is, you know, in my mind, I I know what sovereignty means. I know that God is big. I know that he's going to do what he's going to do. And I'm going to be able to look back and see what he did. I know that. And so if I allow the head and the heart to like speak with one another, it'll Mm -hmm. basically allow them both to kind of just coexist in in the same space. And so when my feelings are high, my brain could be right there with it. Because Mm -hmm. when my feelings start to subside, what I know about God will start to speak louder, right? Mm -hmm. When my logical brain gets in the way then I will, my heart will allow me to remember that I I fell in love with the God of the universe Mm -hmm. um, in August of 2004 on a houseboat watching the stars, you know? Yes. And, And so they both really work with one another, and realistically speaking, too, like, when it comes down to feelings, like, I think we often forget that, like, that God can, he can handle our stuff. Mm -hmm. he could handle our anger, he could handle our frustration, he could handle our tears and our sadness, all of those things, and and my mentor would always remind me that, like, man, if he couldn't handle those things, if you can't go to God with all of you or all of yourself, yeah, then he's not that powerful.
0: That's so true. It's Uh so easy to be like, wait, I'm gonna cry, and then when I'm done, i'll check
1: in with god yeah let me fix it real fast or (laughs) let me get through this one and then you know we'll get the god stuff and it's like no like man if if you literally are in a spot like i'll be honest with you i've i shared some four-letter words with with god Mm. like in my frustration i was i was mad yeah and he he did what he does and he met me where i was at and because of who he is and how he functions he has been more consistent than the grief in, in my life, and it's not mm. to say that the grief is gone, because mm. it's not. It's not. There's still days where I wake up sad, of and course. There, there's you know and there's still days where I wish that I still had my best friend here. Mm. I mean that's like every day. Yeah, and he's still here though. You know, like God is still in it. I think people a lot of the times you know say like, "Where's God?" when all this kind of stuff happens yeah and and i'm sitting here going man he's been right next to me this whole time Mm. you know he hasn't he hasn't left not for one second and if there was anything that shifted it was me you know Mm. it was it was it was me and and my perspective and you know it's just so interesting to be able to kind of just sit at it sit and look at it and understand that like you know like here in like the western the western christian world you get those like um i guess we can call them karens because that's a phrase that everyone's using but you know where it's like life is going down people know that they're not the happiest and they go yeah things are really hard right now but god is good you know mm-hmm. i'm too blessed to be stressed and it's like no you're full of it right now
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: and like just a fake thing and so I think what I'm learning is to get comfortable is that like I'm I'm trying to get comfortable with the word and right it's not but it's and my my life is hard right now you know like things things are different than I thought they would be and God is good
0: mm, life yeah. is hard and God is good yeah not life is hard but God is good
1: exactly it doesn't have to be a but it, mm. it, it could be an and and in the midst of that You know i'm i'm reminded more and more that my circumstances do not define like how big or small god is Mm -hmm. you know like he he it is is not contingent on like his goodness is not contingent on my circumstance yeah And, and that's 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 that lordship part of lord and savior like that's that's the part where it's not me saying you know oh oh god like you know my my feet hurt it's you know me bowing down at his and saying man i can't do this anymore like i need you like you Mm -hmm. you're right like i can't do this myself
0: you said you've been reminded like that god is here which like is so hard to feel like to know and feel yeah those moments what are some things that remind you of that truth
1: uh lamentations 3 19 through 24 mm. talks talks about just how man i remember all the bad things that have happened i i've tasted the poison i've i've been through the muck and the mire uh, but god your uh your mercies are new every day. Mm-hmm you know, and I think that's just one of those things where we want so badly just to be out of the grief that mm-hmm. we try to fast forward through it. And it just doesn't work like that. And to be reminded of the fact that his mercies are new every day means that I've got to take it a day at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's,
1: and that's okay. You know, and yeah. so, um, and then I think it, like the light at the end of the tunnel vibes too, is that the second Corinthians one, Verses three and four basically talks about, you know, man, God, you are so good, um, and you know, you were there with me while I was going through everything, and the reason why is so that, because soon enough, I'm gonna run into somebody who went through something too, and I'm gonna be able to show them the same love that you showed me, yeah. And and so it kind of gives that a little bit of hope when things don't feel very hopeful, you know, yeah. when you're not really able to see. You know when, when you can't take it a day at a time my counselor says you got to take it moment by moment mm-hmm. so you know in those seasons in those days in those moments that verse is is a nice one to kind of be, yeah. be reminded of that's good yeah
0: what about like with i feel like this sadness like it's so overwhelming like, i'm like crying right now i'm like about to cry <laughs> sitting here it like
1: creeps in and out it's it's like man. i know
0: it's like oh my gosh but it's like you said it's like you feel how you feel like it is sad like i hope i hope i'm always sad about this like it yeah. is sad. i hope the day i'm not sad like something's wrong
1: yeah so, yeah well it's basically like with like with that again this is this is my mentor yeah and Because I I was feeling the same thing. Like you, you, when you're working through grief, you get to a point where it just becomes less crappy. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't always for sure go away. But then there's those moments where almost like you feel sometimes guilty. Like if you have a good day, like let's Mm -hmm. say for loss, right? For grieving the death of somebody that you love dearly. Yeah. You know, you wake up and you're having a good day and you like realize that, man, I just went the whole day and didn't think about them you know and does that mean that I'm a terrible person and should mm-hmm. I be feeling this or whatever and my my mentor would say no you gotta you gotta feel what you feel when you're feeling it oh and don't what you don't when you're not
0: oh say it again
1: yeah I'll say it one more time
0: <laughs> one more yeah, time because it's,
1: it's good it's, it's feel what you feel when you're feeling it mm-hmm. and don't what you don't when you're not so if you are having a bad day and you feel sad mm-hmm feel sad yeah but if you wake up and you don't feel sad don't feel bad for not being sad
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you're having a good day have a good day totally soak it in make sure you utilize those good days not to like overdo it so that you get tired because you know when you have a good day after a lot of bad days you're like I'm gonna do all the things
0: yeah, yeah. but it's
1: just yeah exactly but it's <laughs> just like no if you have a good day like give yourself a mental break and
0: totally do nothing what have you found with like, I feel like when you're in those deep moments of sadness, like what have you found for then going into community with that? Like finding that balance between like, I'm going to talk and share with people I trust, but also like wanting to just have normal days and like live normal life again after being sad. And like, who do I talk to? Or should I talk about? How much should I talk about? Like, yeah. what if, have you found anything with that for yourself
1: yeah the the community aspect has has been interesting you know um because the creativity needed with i mean covid literally hitting right after some of like the the main shifts in my life totally um but yeah i think that for for me specifically you know as you know as a pastor in, in some large large churches yeah and so my my group of support was always pretty more uh more quality than quantity Mm -hmm. right and so i'm an external processor and so talking through yeah talking through things for me is like really really helpful and so if somebody is just sitting there and asking me questions and allowing me to just talk like i'll feel like i've got a better grasp on it But what I had realized, especially going into 2020, was that I, I got really good at like not talking to people. Mm. I got, I got really good at being by myself. And I had realized too, that that was something that at the time I had needed, because what was happening was (coughs) this was not necessarily grieving the death of, of somebody, but grieving, you know, shifts in, in relationship and everybody wanted to give advice, right? Everybody wanted to give their two cents about, you know, this happened or, you know, this is what my friend did and this, this, and that. And, and honestly, I just need the people to just sit with me and just be quiet. And, you know, you, the, you talk about the difference between sympathy and empathy, right? How would you and,
0: describe the difference between sympathy and empathy?
1: So I'm a very visual person, so um,
0: the visual I, metaphors. It's your pastor it's,
1: coming up. Yeah, exactly. I, I imagine. I imagine you know you're sitting in a hole, and sympathy is somebody putting a ladder in that hole and saying, "Come on, come like look at we got. I'm so sorry you're down there, but come on, come on up. Look at mm. we got it. Come on up." And empathy is seeing somebody in a hole, putting the ladder in it. Climbing down and sitting with them saying, I'm right here with you. When you're ready to go up that ladder. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to fix you. I'm not trying to just, I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. I see your pain. I may not understand your pain, Mm -hmm. um, but I respect where you're at and I'm going to just sit here with you until, you know, we can get out of this together. And so I needed, I needed empathy. I learned and what I was getting was sympathy. people were trying to be sad for me Mm -hmm. you know as I've as I've as I've kind of moved forward and have gotten you know months under my belt with the new realities it becomes new news to some people and even though I'm months into the grieving process um, I think because they don't always know people don't always know how to help or how to react what they accidentally inadvertently do is they bring me back to like emotional square one yeah when they they try to say oh my gosh like oh my heart is so you know broken and this this and that and it's like it's a valid feeling yeah you know but when you're in that grieving process and you're making strides forward it, it really kind of, um, you know, you, you talk about triggers and things like that. Those mm. those are those triggers that kind of bring you back. And, and you're realize, like emotionally
0: taking care of the other person as like they process it. They're yeah,
1: like for person. sure. You're like, for no, sure. you're not okay. Right. And so we, yeah, we, you know, it, as we're grieving, we're starting, you know, to accidentally help people. And, you know, when we yeah. are, are empty ourselves and it becomes this whole thing. And so anyway, so mm. the community aspect for me, for me now, was really realizing, okay, um, I'm in this hole, and I don't even think my, my friends know how deep this hole I am in is, Mm. and so it then required me to kind of, um, I guess, put my big boy pants on, and call some people, um, and basically just say, I'm really sad right now, Mm. and I, I, am gonna hold myself accountable to you, right? I'm not gonna place that burden on them to say, check up on me, but I'm telling you that I'm gonna call you every Thursday so we can catch up. And if I don't, then get mad at me. But if I do, then you'll know that I'm doing it because I'm trying to make steps into getting things better. And so I think with grief for me-
0: Can you, wait, talk about that. A little more that like system. Yeah, so this, yeah, so this is, that uh, is a this, hard thing about accountability is then we get like, okay, do I put that on someone or yeah. how do I do it well? What am I really asking? Like, yeah, when you're sad and you know something needs to happen, like, yeah, what, is, what did that look like?
1: Well, I think we got to re- first remind ourselves that uh, our friends are our friends for a reason and we're not a burden to them, mm-hmm. right? So God doesn't mess up when He places people in your life. Mm-hmm. And God does this really cool thing where he places divine burdens on people, which is the good kind. Mm-hmm. So it is the friend who says, I don't care what you have going on, I will carry this with you, doggone it. And mm-hmm. so that's that's a good burden. Um, but then it's also to understanding, like for me, like, you know, all my friends are dads and they have lives too. And so it wasn't calling and saying, this is my counselor that helped me with this one. It was not calling them and saying, I'm sad, when can we hang out. It's, hey, things are rough. I know you've got a lot going on. It would mean a lot to me if you can give me some, uh, like one day a week for an hour to be able to talk to you. Can you, can you, A, pray on it, B, can you talk to your spouse about it, and Mm. then C, can you please make sure that you can commit to this and it's something that, you know, isn't going to fall on the wayside. And, yeah. and it wasn't a, can you give me an answer right now? It was, I, I'm going to call you back in a couple of days. Or if you feel at peace about it in a couple of days, then text me and let me know kind of a thing. Yeah. But the concept of holding yourself accountable to somebody is not them going, oh man, it's Thursday at three. I got to call Adam. It's, mm-hmm. it's Thursday at three. Oh, Adam's calling. That's right. We're going to have this conversation about whatever. And so it takes that burden mindset off. Um, Expectations mean nothing unless both parties agree. And so when you go into these conversations with community, make sure that the expectations are both communicated and affirmed, right? Mm -hmm. Because then otherwise, you know, if you're letting me down and you have no idea, that's my fault, not yours. Yeah. You know? And then were
0: those like intentional heavier conversations or were they just like lighthearted, like time with friends? Like what?
1: Uh, yes. All the above. Oh. It really, yeah. It was people who were fine to just go out and, and grab a drink or, mm-hmm. you know, get some, some dinner. And mm-hmm. then it was also, you know, gosh, I just have had a really bad week this week and, or I'm frustrated about this or I need a sounding board for this. Um, but yeah, they it it was two people for me that I just kept in consistent contact, as well as two separate counselors. And then I see my my mentor like every three months or so.
0: Yeah, the community it's bringing bringing people in.
1: Yeah, it is. It's in you know, again, it's it's one of those things where I I think that there was one of those things in, in God and in his his masterful work, like really did a good job with people (laughs) like you know because I don't know where I would be if I didn't have friends supporting me or if I didn't have family members be able to come in and say man you're doing you're carrying too much you need to let us help you with this kind of stuff and and God speaks through what is it he speaks to his people through his people you know yeah catchy right
0: catchy and true
1: it is yeah and so you know we we miss we miss what God is trying to say parts of what God is trying to say to us when we live in autonomy and on an island
0: yeah what would you say to people who are on the other side they're not necessarily going through a loss right now yeah but they are the close friend or the close family member who want to be there, but maybe don't know what to do or what to say?
1: Check in with your friends often you're not bugging them mm. if they don't answer call text, or respond, don't take it personally mm. and be there when that person is ready
0: mm.
1: and and honestly, like nobody is ever against encouraging texts that don't uh, that don't require a response. Mm-hmm. You can literally every single day say, don't, you don't have to respond to this, but just know that I'm thinking about you. Yeah. Like those kinds of things, like it's, it's, God. God's wired us to be in community with one another. And so if your friend is going through grief and it's, things are hard and you love Jesus, listen to Jesus and do what he tells you to do. So if he puts your friend on your heart, And reach out to them Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um you know and then also you know the i the this is maybe the the pastoral side of me but you know don't ask how you how you doing right how how you doing i'm not good like like i'm not good and it Uh, makes me not want to answer you know yeah um but But that is
0: people's go-to question it's like the most natural gut thing so
1: no and then people also don't want to bring up anything mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: they'll check in and then like dance around this proverbial elephant in the room Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: makes it 10 times worse for the person going through through grief Mm -hmm. and so part of that 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 pastoral care side of stuff that I've always learned is like no 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 acknowledge it for sure like you know instead of saying how are you doing say hey how are you holding up from losing your friend Mm -hmm. like literally just go there yeah right you're acknowledging the hurt you're acknowledging that they are not where they want to be and that is where you climb down that ladder and you sit with them that's that moment the difference between how you doing and hey like how are you holding up from losing your parents like those kinds of things yeah that's that empathy piece that's good yeah
0: okay my we're like near the hour but i'm yeah. feeling so into this convo yeah but my um, and i feel like you'll have a I want to hear your thoughts on where this comes from too, but a way that I've, a question I've been wanting to ask um, on like every episode, and I'm especially curious now is this concept of kingdom questions. So like asking kingdom questions to each other, to ourselves, yeah. God, what is a, or more than one like kingdom question that you have asked, or you would encourage someone else to ask around loss or grief, like maybe this week
1: Yeah, I think that when it comes down to like that 30,000 foot view on grief in and of itself, Mm -hmm. that the question that you are asking yourself is, am I living in why or am I living in how? And so when it comes to grief specifically, God exists in the how and our sin nature exists in the why so when things happen our natural response is to say why is this happening to me like why why am i going through this god why would you let something like this happen to me Mm -hmm. what why 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 all all why and what that does is that 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 keeps our head like down it keeps our head down and instead of focusing on how we would better be able to propel ourselves forward into healing Mm -hmm. we just sit and we just never move Mm -hmm. and so when we shift the perspective to how we say god how can this grief be used to glorify you Mm -hmm. and then you start kind of realizing that like man you, you start seeing things a little bit differently Mm -hmm. because you're looking at things in the how perspective instead of the why perspective. Yeah. Forces your head up. Yeah. And it allows you to kind of take a little bit of a look around and say, okay, like, how can this be used in order that, A, I could glorify you, God, and B, that I can point other people to him through what I'm going through, right? We want it to be the, man, how is how is Shay keeping it together with what she's going through? Mm-hmm. Shay, how are you keeping it together with what you're going through? Well, you know what? I, the God of the universe has me in his hands mm-hmm. and I am so confident in who he is and what he's done that I can only assume that he's going to be that good at where we're going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, well, are you ever sad? Yeah, I'm sad. Of course I am. Cause that's normal to be that way. Yeah. But I know that God is up to something good.
0: So good. And that I'm sure is like a balance. Like some days. You don't feel like that. Like some days it's easier to live that out than others.
1: For sure. And that's, and that's why the grace of God is what it is. And that's why, um, you know, but it's, it's really honestly looking at God's grace as more of like a, um, I guess like a safety net instead of like a security blanket. And so you have a security blanket where you say like, I'm, you know what, I'm just going to let God's grace just keep doing his thing. And I'm just going to stay safe, cuddled up next to this little blanket and not go anywhere. And just going to keep not doing things as opposed to like this safety net where it's like, no, no, you're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to go and you're going to fall. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then God's grace is there to catch you in those moments. Right. As, as that, that end all to our shortcoming, that, because we couldn't that's why god did you know Mm -hmm. and and so it's you got to give yourself this is a friend of mine a really good friend of mine who was going through loss themselves you've got to give yourself grace in the grief you have to because if you continue to beat yourself up over you know how not far you're going or this person seems like they're doing better than me or whatever then we're just always going to continually live in this state of just not being okay. Yeah. You know, and then I, I would also say too, like, like another question to consider Ooh, yeah. is, do you believe that the peace of God that transcends all understanding actually exists? And mm. so that's like a heart question that my mentor kind of asked me because as I was in the midst of everything, as I was working through the beginning stages of it all, um, there was that uneasiness that existed that mm. like never went away, you know? and I think that I didn't believe that it was possible to find a place where like I I could be like at terms with my reality you know
0: and what what do you mean
1: just I didn't think that it was going to be possible for me to experience that
0: piece like you wouldn't get past it like no I didn't
1: think I would honestly And, and again I'm still working toward it but you know with
0: well, and just, I mean, I, I asked that, but that's true. I feel like that's how so many people feel in grief is like, this is not going to go yeah. away. Why would this go away?
1: Yep. And so yeah. the Bible talks about God's peace, that it is transcendent upon anything that we could ever wrap our minds around. Yeah. And and I think what what happens is, you know, we get caught up in the wrong posture in grief. And mm. so rather than... Um, Like for me, it was shifting my posture from like praying and getting my normal quiet time or whatever, to like literally spending mornings on my face and starting my day off as low as I could be so that the only response that I had was allowing God to take me to that next level. Yeah. And as a result of that posture, Mm -hmm. I've experienced more peace days than I have the, the, like uh, otherwise you know yeah
0: i have to ask this and i wouldn't if you weren't a pastor <laughs> but <laughs> who i feel like could answer this question but what would you say to someone who would answer that question you just asked of like do i believe that god like god is god god's got this sort of thing yeah. like what if someone finds themselves like in an answer being like no i i don't like like in doubt and like uncertainty of like who god is
1: yeah i would say that that's totally okay and and god can handle that too Mm -hmm. and i think that so often in working through doubts as a byproduct of grieving loss whatever have you that we assume that like god is mad at us because we're Mm -hmm. distancing ourselves from him and in actuality you know god has god does and always will look at you as his beloved son or daughter. Mm. And it's like the couple of realities that you can never get away from is that God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. And I like that. I have heard that before. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, a hard pill for some people to swallow sometimes because that self-deprecation is often a, by- a byproduct of grief, you know, where it's like, I'm sad and therefore I'm just going to ruin everything around me. I'm going to, make everyone hate me so that I could have a reason to be alone. And, you know, that doesn't work with God because you can do anything and he's still going to love you and that's not going to ever change. Mm -hmm. And then there's nothing that you can do to make God love you less or more. You know, like his love for you is not contingent on whether or not you do something right or wrong. Like his love for you is if that's the unconditional side of it. And so I would go back to that Bonhoeffer quote that if you're having issues with the belief side of it, Try just living in obedience for a little while and mm. try just like really maybe for the first time in this grief season where you realize you need a shift in your life to lean back onto the word of God. Mm. That's the way we get to know him. That's the way we have like we literally have access to him through that you know if we had manuals for all of our friends wouldn't we read those too you know and <laughs> so it's like when we get to have that kind of access to the god of the universe
0: yeah
1: you know lean into those moments and kind of again it's the head down it's the mouth shut and it's the hands open and saying okay like god i'm going to do what you say because mm-hmm. you're god and i'm not that's the lord and the savior part you know
0: yeah. and
1: really just fall back into pursuing that reality I guess again in in that living in that comfort of the word and like you don't have to have it all figured out and God's still good life might be difficult this right this very second and guess what God is still good Mm -hmm. his goodness not contingent on my circumstance and so that's why I I feel like I'm even able to just sit here and talk through this and just because if there is anything that I'm confident in Is that, yes, even though my life is not what I thought it was going to be, I do believe that God's goodness has not shifted. Mm -hmm. And so as I've tried to kind of put my finger on what that looks like, Mm -hmm. the entire time God has been like cheering me on saying, yeah, Adam, you're one step closer, bud. Oh man, you fell, get on back up. You know, okay, Adam, you're one step closer, bud. keep going, man. We're almost there. Like I got this, you know, I've, I've tread this path already. For you, we're doing mm. this together, and you know, just taking it a day at a time.
0: Adam, I am so like honored to be chatting with you about this, and like grateful yeah. for, for you to step into this. Like, it's so vulnerable, and like,
1: I appreciate it. Yeah, well, and please, you know, let anybody know, um, you know, if they're going through stuff and they need a friend in the midst of it that i i am ready and willing to to do so because i really do believe that you know this stuff is not meant to be done alone and if they're trying to figure out that first step to take of like man how do i even do it like i will i will listen for as long as they need to be listened to and you know we, we can we can do this together
0: so good i don't i haven't done this on another episode but i feel if you're up for it Feel like it could be cool if you would be down to lead us in a prayer around grief, around whatever like just what this looks like. Um I don't know like what that would look like to pray and invite God into that space. Maybe we don't usually invite God into. And then after that, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Just fun little (laughs) fun facts about Adam. And then we'll close
1: sounds good to me. Uh, but yeah, I'll pray. Um, so God, we just, you know, thank you for, we thank you for being a God who's bigger than all the things. And, you know, as we work through things like loss, like grief, uh, may we just be reminded of, of that goodness that, that you offer. Um, help us understand and remind ourselves that we don't have to have everything figured out to come to you. God, that we can literally take anything, everything and bring it to you and you will do what only you can do and um, basically provide more than we could ever ask or imagine as a result of it. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen in our timing. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen the way that we think or that we want. Um, but ultimately, it's going to happen the way that you, that you need it to happen. Um, may we walk uh, in a constant reminder of um, the fact that you don't mess up. Um, may we also live in the reality that um, what you are up to on a daily basis is uh, far greater than anything that we can think of and when it comes down to those those dark days and those moments where um, if we just feel like giving up just um, help my friends listening uh, be reminded that um you know, it it definitely is real, it definitely is hard, it's definitely not anything that I want to um, negate in any way, shape, or form, Um, but your word holds true, God, and what you are up to um, is just something that if we can hang in there, and if we can continue to focus on you, um, that that peace that you offer is a real thing, God, that we would be able to go about our lives kind of asking ourselves how these things that we're experiencing can be used to glorify you and god that ultimately um we would rest in that word and that we would Mm. understand that that things go different than we plan and you are good you know what's around the corner you know what lies ahead and so may we rest our uh, hope may we rest our trust in the fact that you are God and we are not. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Okay,
1: Got it. Okay, rapid fire me then.
0: Rapid fire. Number one, movie or TV show recommendation?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, the office is always a given because you got to go around the horn with that one as often as as you can. Do you just
0: rewatch it constantly?
1: A hundred percent, yeah and then if you've not seen law-abiding citizen yet you need to see that it's an old one
0: never heard like of that in my life
1: butler jamie fox if you like those like thriller ones and like the 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 good guys getting revenge in weird ways like it's one of those ones i just watched it again recently and it's super super good
0: okay great answer and uh-huh. i haven't seen that so i'll put it on my list good okay next question you do weddings, photo, video, Dude. all the things. Yeah. Shout out there. What Shout is there. your favorite song to dance to at a wedding? Fun favorite, dance wedding song.
1: Uh with without a doubt so, Okay, so there's mo- there's moments in weddings where like you can almost kind of place bets on what's going to be played. And uh-huh. during like the bouquet toss, I'm always like fingers crossed that it's going to be single ladies just because it's Beyoncé and Beyoncé's Beyoncé. Um, so when that one comes on, it's always a jam. And then, um, what's the one, the walk the moon, um, shut up and dance. Oh yeah. Something about that song makes you grieve.
0: Oh, that's a good one. And you yep. have those quick.
1: Thank you. I, listen, you I, know I, what you're waiting I, for. I, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> okay. Next question. Ooh, where is your favorite place to go to connect with God?
1: Uh, Lake Arrowhead in the mountains. Hmm. And then... During the summer or the winter? It doesn't really matter. I just, I I prefer nature Mm. and nature is kind of one of those things where, um, like I've recently gotten into like rock climbing within the last year and so um, there's something about um, going up into the mountains, bringing like a portable speaker and then just kind of climbing until you don't feel like climbing anymore.
0: I do have to say exactly what you just described is all my memories of church camps that I did under your leadership. And Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I've realized not all churches do that as intensely or intentionally as you did the church, that church did. Yeah. And uh, like,
1: shout out you. I I appreciate that, thank you. yeah, Yeah, the relationship side of leadership is everything, so.
0: And the nature.
1: Yeah, oh yes, no, the nature side for sure. That, we went to church
0: camp like three times a year. I know,
1: I know, why not?
0: And then why I go not? to another church, I'm like, what? Where's yeah,
1: like, Wait, where's it? where are all the camps?
0: <laughs> We're not going to the mountains once a month.
1: Yeah, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> I don't, is this a church?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. Okay, last one. Okay. What is a book that you recommend?
1: Oh, for sure, it's called Spiritual Discipleship uh j oswald sanders yeah. and it's one of those ones that's kind of like on repeat um every year I feel like I gotta knock that one out yeah. um and then anything written by henry nowen is a great book um and then if you're also looking at uh kind of maybe that first step into like walking through grief or say you've lost friends in similar ways that i have yeah. um my my friend uh kayla just re- released a book too um that's called Fear Gone Wild and she shares her story and it's a great kind of uh conversation piece to really kind of start wrapping your mind around like the reality of what this could look like
0: and the book talks about suicide right
1: yeah yeah it does it talks about that talks about loss it talks about grief talks about everything and so um just you know look up Fear Gone Wild uh Kayla is a wonderful writer really good friend of mine and um without a doubt would be uh, a read that you could handle in like two or three days because you're not going to put it down
0: yeah so good yes adam i'll say it again i've already said it i feel so grateful to have had this good. conversation and like it was very special
1: uh, i appreciate that same and i'm proud of you too by the way so keep doing this this is a great concept